Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter. I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and sports editor of the Niagara Gazette. And welcome to episode 22 of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, 22 of these, you know, uh, how many of those that is? That's Think of all the hours we spent together chatting bills and sabers and analyzing and dissecting as it as it hits you how many how many hours we've spent doing this yeah i think my i think my daughter is uh grown up now i think she really wow i think she's about to get married that there tells you how long we've spent doing this podcast she was she was a she wasn't she wasn't even walking when we started doing this that's right i actually i don't think she was no she was sitting up she wasn't crawling either. Wow. Well, if that doesn't tell you how long we've been at this, then I don't know I, what does. I've missed it all. I've missed it all just, just <laughs> sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So before before we get going, do some housekeeping with the Bills. Uh, some coaching changes. John Butler, the defensive backs coach, is going to leave. Uh, they brought in a few new coaches. Uh this week, uh, most notably Ronald Curry, who fans might remember as a wide receiver with the Oakland Raiders, also was quarterback at North Carolina and played basketball at North Carolina. But he he's the biggest name of the of the bunch. He comes from New Orleans Saints. Just uh, just tell us what you can about th- these these moves. Well, Ronald Ronald Curry is the most notable one because he's about to be the guy that is going to deal with Josh Allen the most. Uh, as the quarterbacks coach, uh, he spent some. He spent pretty much his entire coaching career with the Saints. Uh, was was on staff with with Joe Brady for two years when Brady was with the Saints in 27, 2018. and I think that's that's where the the relationship uh, came into play there. But I mean, he he's a guy. He he played in the league as a as a receiver mm-hmm. uh, for the Raiders, but was a a quarterback in in college. Um, I think a lot of you know some people might remember him as maybe like you know he was billed as like the best athlete in the country because I think he was either number one or right up there the number one recruit in both football and basketball coming out of high school. Um, I mean I don't know if that helps him as a coach, but just an interesting note. Um, but I mean uh, he's a guy. He's worked with a bunch of different guys. I mean he he's worked with. Derek Carr last year, uh, he worked with Jameis Winston, obviously, Taysom Hill, um, obviously no one quite to Josh Allen's uh, caliber, uh, but clearly it's a guy that, that Brady trusts, and, and that's why he's in Buffalo. And then I think with John Butler, I think it's similar in the mold of Eric Washington. Um, he, he missed out on the job to the defensive coordinator job to Bobby Babich, and um didn't see a path to move up. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, th- those two guys leaving town was, was maybe, uh, maybe a domino effect there. Interesting. All right. So, you know, you're in off season mode, so we need to look at some different things. And so let's just start with which young bills, in your opinion, need to, step up for lack of a better term next season i mean there's going to be moves and there's going to be guys thrust into larger roles uh just what are your thoughts on who who needs who needs to you know seize their opportunity step up 
Well, I, I think that the narrative last year were was that the Bills were old, right? They were over the hill. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they had 12 guys under 25 when the season started that ended up starting 10 games, at least 10 games. Nine of those guys um, are going to be under contract, or nine of the guys will be 25 or younger again next year um, uh, are under contract still. Um, Ed Oliver was 25 when the season began. He's 26 now. Um, obviously, he's still under contract. So they've got some some nice young guys. Obviously, Osiris Torrance started started every game and played every snap uh, as a rookie at guard. Um, you look at what James Cook did last year in his second season. Um, he's still he's still a young guy, although you know running backs have a, have a much shorter lifespan than everybody else. Um, but but we'll we'll take a look at um, you know on offense. I think. The guy they need to take the next step quickly is Dalton Kincaid. And uh, we've talked about part of that is how they use him. Um, but the fact that they're uh, limited at receiver at the moment, um, you know, don't have a ton of, of capital to spend, he becomes more critical. Um, I'd like to see, you know, you know, he, he averaged about nine yards a catch last year. I like to see him get up in that 11, 12 area, kind of like Travis Kelsey, mm -hmm. um, and be that kind of guy. I think that's pretty important to the offense there that he take that next step. You know, I mean, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey next year. You know, he's not going to be that guy in his second year, but you, you'd like to see him, you know, take another step forward, um, in terms of you know becoming one of the premier tight ends in the league, the premier pass catching tight ends in the league, and part of that is bumping up his yards, and to do that, he's going to need to to get some targets a little further downfield. And the other guy uh, I think is is Khalil Shakir. Um, he's he's uh, kind of came on last last season in the back half of the year, especially when when Joe Brady took over as the play caller. I mean, he was coming on towards the end of Dorsey's run there, but he really um, really started to play more and, and was more of a factor under Brady. Um, I think he needs to be a little more consistent. Um, you know, there, there were games where, where maybe he, he didn't have a ton of catches, you know, maybe only had three catches for 30 some yards or 40 some yards. He'd like to see him be a little bit more of a factor and maybe be that number two guy. If he can be, um, you know, it, it, I, I think the one thing that that um, is is good about him is that that Allen trusted him in big moments. Like, I, I think it's sure. easy, it, it's easy to see that, you know, maybe he only had, you know, 30 some catches over the last, um, you know, nine games, including the playoffs. But he had a lot of big catches, so it makes it kind of seem more. You know, obviously sure. touchdowns in the two playoff games. Um, he had that 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 long touchdown against the Jets to kind of kick off the Brady era there. Um, he had the big play against the Chargers that set up the the go ahead field goal at the end. Uh, Nineteen catches on third down this year. Um, uh, that's that. I think that's something to note there on a on a team that had Stefan Diggs had. Uh, Dalton Kincaid had Gabe Davis. Um, th 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 that's pretty critical. I'm sorry, four 14 third down catches, 14 out of 49. 
um, considering he was not much of a factor early in the year, that that's pretty impressive. And obviously, he's a good you know run after the catch guy. Um, but I think they need him to be a little bit more consistent because then, you know, I, I think the foregone conclusion is that they need to draft a receiver early. Well, you know, if, if he can step up, they don't have to take another receiver, you know, later in the draft or something like that. Like they can, they can use that capital elsewhere, or maybe they don't have to go out and spend, you know, what limited money they have on a depth receiver again. So uh, he's pretty critical in that, in that regard. And then defensively, I think Greg Rousseau is, is um, the guy who jumps out and he comes with a caveat. Greg Rousseau is, is one of the best run defenders in, in the NFL already as a defensive end. Um, I think Pro Football Focus had him ranked 10th against the run um, among edge rushers last year. And he had 12 tackles for a loss. He's had some some foot injuries the last two years. And the sacks just haven't come come around yet. He said he had five this year. He had four, uh, I think, in the first four games. And then really never got that mojo back um, in terms of rushing the pass, or they've used him inside at times when when um, he started to get more healthy, and and they, you know, were hell bent on on Von getting out there, and obviously with Leonard Floyd, they wanted to keep all those guys on the field, so they put Russo on the inside to see what he could do there. Um, but to, to, if he can if he can get up to that eight to ten to twelve range. I think that that's going to go a long way for the Bills because um, they don't have that guy. They, they they really haven't had that guy in a long time. Like, well, past, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think the last the last consistent guy they've had like that, maybe Aaron Schobel. Yeah, they haven't had a guy who gets 12 to 15 plus sacks a year in a long time. Um I mean, who had their was it Lorenzo Alexander actually had a big year. He had a big year, I think, in but, Rex Ryan's last year. But that was just uh, kind of uh I think he had like one-off. ten. He Not that he 10. wasn't a good player, but yeah, that was just kind of a one off. He had ten one year as well. Maybe that was the same year. Maybe it was the same year. Um obviously Leonard Floyd had ten and a half last year. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't know that Rousseau is ever gonna be that fourteen fifteen set guy. But they need him to be in that eight to ten to twelve range, kind of bounce around there for for most of his career. And they have until um, May second to make a decision on whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth year. I would assume that they will. I think it would be pretty stunning if they didn't. Yeah, I hope they do. Jeez, <laughs> uh, twelve and a half Alexander had, and, and that was in Rex Ryan's uh, Rex Ryan's uh, last year, and it proved to be kind of a aberration because uh, he had three and then six and a half and then two but the guy were the guy were overlooking that was the last the last consistent pass rusher that they had that was big time was mario williams oh yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> true i think mario williams got got a lot of grief because of the con the contract like everybody was so ecstatic that he was going to sign with the bills and then they, everybody expected him to be Bruce Smith, which is so unrealistic. Of course. But the man, 10 and a half sacks, 13 sacks, 14 and a half sacks. And then obviously five his last year with the team. And that was that was Rex Ryan's uh, 
first year, and I, I don't think he was particularly pleased with the way he was utilized. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he as as good as he 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 was, I don't think he ever he just never had the impact of you know a Bruce Smith or I mean, he just to me he just well, didn't, he, me he didn't change games the way some of those big big time pass rushers do. I think part of that was. Uh, well, the team wasn't the offense wasn't very good. I mean, but you look at once he left, you you look at there was that year where he had a whole bunch of sacks. I think it was that year with Jim Short, somebody twenty fourteen. He had fourteen and a half sacks, but Jerry Hughes had ten plus. I think Marcel Darius had ten, and then um, Mario Williams leaves, and then Hughes never sniffs double digits again. He he was he's a valuable piece of the team for a while after that, but never sniffed double digits. And then obviously Marcel Darius was uh, not long for the Bills either. So he he had a he had a pretty big impact, I would say, on, on the defense. Maybe not in the grand scheme of things, but um, I don't know. He had a pretty good three years. All right, um, Nick. but well, the last guy. Um, that, that needs to step up and, and I think a lot hinges on, upon this um, is Kyrie Elam. Um, he, he's only going to be 23 in May, I mean, mm-hmm. which is remarkable as a first round pick. He's still, still so young. Um, obviously he didn't, he didn't, he hasn't gotten off to a great, a great start. Um, starting only, only eight games in two years. Um, started only two games this year, but you know, obviously played played had that big interception against the Steelers that that swung some momentum for them. Um, but they've got some decisions to make. They got decisions to make with Tre'Davious White. Um, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, same goes for Russell Douglas. He's Russell Douglas is going to be in Buffalo next year. He's going to make you know almost ten million dollars. But he's going to be 30 when the season starts. And you would have to imagine that they're either going to extend White or Douglas for a couple of years, and they're going to let the other one walk. Um, and a lot of those plans depend on Kyrie Elam. Can he be the guy that they thought he was? He, he struggled with, with playing the predominantly zone defense, uh, coming from being a press man corner at, at Florida. And he needs to, they need to figure out if he can do that. Now he's going to have a new coach next year with, uh, with, with, with Jamila Dye, uh, coming from Miami, the university of Miami. Interesting enough. He's a die has really only, only coached, uh, collegiately during his career. This will be his first NFL job. Um, but he's going to get a new cornerbacks coach. So we'll see if he, if he can work some magic with Kyrie or it finally clicks with clicks with Kyrie. Um, he works so hard. Um, he's one of those guys you'd like to see it happen for him just because you, 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 it's very obvious you to see the work that he puts in. Um, but, but a lot of their plans are going to hinge upon him. Like Christian Benford, uh, he's another guy. He's only 23. You, you have to wonder, you know, there, there was some talk of moving him to safety after last year. Um, obviously Micah Hyde is leaving, um, I think it'd be very surprising that he not only does he play for the Bills again if he plays period again, and then obviously Jordan Poyer 
uh, is getting up there. They need some safeties. Maybe Benford's an option at safety, but he played awfully well this year at corner. So he sure uh, did, and they missed him against the Chiefs. I think. Yes. So. Yes. So they're going to have some. You know, Kyrie is going to is going to kind of be the 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 bar here to see what they do at the future at corner. All right, Nick. So the Bills, there's a lot of cap gymnastics coming up. There's going to be some cap casualties, some restructurings. What do you, I mean, what are some of the scenarios here that could take place? Well, I, I think the guy right off the bat that probably needs to be discussed is Tredavious White. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he might be Sean McDermott's favorite player. Um, I mean, if, if it's not him, it's either Mike Hyatt or Jordan Poyer, a mix of the three. Um, obviously the first draft pick of the McTermott era, but he's, he's had two major, uh, lower body injuries over the last three years. Lower he, body. You're getting into hockey talk. <laughs> well, he, he had the Achilles and the ACL. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's missed more games than he's played over the last three years. And, Obviously, the Achilles. I mean, that that has been known to be a a career killer for some guys. And on top of all that, he's owed more than sixteen million dollars. Now, they can, they can, they can eat six and and save ten with with Tre'Davious White if they if they chose to to move on from him this year. Um, I don't know if they're 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 willing to do that, but I don't know that he actually actually got a tremendous endorsement from either Bean or um, McDermott um, in terms of whether or not he's going to be back next year. So, oh, I apologize. They would they would save six and eat ten. Um. So, um. You know that that's a question. I mean, in in twenty twenty five, they can move on from him and save twelve million dollars. It'd be a four million dollar dead cap hit. Um, next year, it would be ten, as opposed to paying him sixteen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they try to add a void year, or or something like that. Um, but uh, if if they cut him after after June first, they they get some savings on a on a tight cap. Um, the other guy you can look at is, is Mitch Morse. Um, he's going to be 32 by the time the season starts. He's had a history of concussions. He said after the season, he wants to be back, but, um, he has an 11 and a half million dollar cap hit next year. And the bills can save eight and a half million, uh, by releasing him. They've also got Ryan Bates who they, they tried at center during training camp as the number two guy pretty exclusively, uh, at center and training camp. And they can't move on from him. Uh, the savings uh, wouldn't wouldn't really work out there. They wouldn't save a whole lot from what they would they would have to eat. Um, so he's going to be around next year. I think though that Mitch Morse is is kind of the adult in the room in that locker room. Um, he's a pretty stand up guy. Uh, he's a business guy. Um, Dan Dawkins calls him dad. So dad, uh, yeah, dad. Oh, dad. I thought he said bad with the no beat. dad. <laughs> so I, I think he's probably more likely to be a an extension and restructure or maybe even a 
maybe even a pay cut. We'll see what they do there. But um, I, I think the Bills would like to be back, like to have him back. Uh, the other guy who stands out is Deontay Hardy. Um, signed a two two year nine million dollar nine and a half million dollar deal last year and played twenty two percent of the snaps in the first seven games, and then um, never hit twenty percent. Uh, you know, the rest of the season and was a healthy scratch. He had fifteen catches for one hundred and fifty yards. Um, he's owed five point seven million dollars next year. Um, so they can save four million by cutting them. Um, and then taking a swing at another caliber player, similar caliber player. Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe they want to see what they can get out of them. Maybe they ask him to take a pay cut. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think $4 million goes a long way in the cap for them this year. And 5.7 is a lot of money to pay a guy who, made 15 catches last year and the offensive coordinator didn't really see ways to get him involved. And then I think he was a, he was a good punt returner though. Um, But I I don't know if it, I don't know if it matters. I don't know if that's worth $5.7 million either. Hmm. Um, And then the last guy you could take a look at is Jordan Poyer. Um, He's, He's thirty, going to be thirty three next year. Um, he signed a two year deal. His market wasn't what they they thought it would be, what he thought it would be last year. Um, and you could start to see he kind of lost a step uh, when Matt Milano got hurt and they were struggling for another linebacker to play with Terrell Bernard in coverage, and they couldn't find one. They kind of found ways to get around that by moving Poyer into the box and having him kind of be a dime linebacker and brought uh, Taylor Rapp onto the field. Well, the interesting thing about that is Taylor Rapp had played a lot of dime linebacker throughout his career, whether it was in college, he played a little bit with the Rams, and they put Poyer there. So that, to me, tells says that maybe he's lost some range. And, you know, they can save $5.7 million by cutting him. Um I don't know if that'll happen, but because um, then, you know, then you got to go get a safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but th- there's another option there. And then, you know, some restructure options. They can save, they can save about $23 million by, by taking uh, some of J- Josh Allen's cap hit next year's $47.1 million cap hit and converting Jeez. it into a sign- signing bonus. Um I think that's almost a given. I think um, they could extend Taron Johnson. He's owed. I mean, they could save seven and a half million dollars by cutting him. He's only got one year left on his deal, but he's pretty vital to that defense. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think the more like all pro. Yes. I think the more likely scenario there is that they extend him. Uh, Deion Dawkins, they can, save like $7 million by extending him. He's entering the last year of his deal. And the interesting guy to me in all of this is Naeem Hines. Um, he, he was traded at the, at the deadline um, in 2022, never really found a spot in the offense, right? Like he, I think he finished with negative yards rushing for the, in his tenure with the bills that first year and didn't get a whole lot of carries. 
and then was pretty much used as a receiver, but didn't have a whole lot of catches. It was pretty much just a kick returner. He said, you know, before before training camp last year, that kind of the goal in all of it was that he, you know, just to get him up to speed for, you know, 2023. Then obviously he has the jet ski incident, misses all of last year. Well, they can pretty much just walk away from him. Um, they can save almost $5 million by cutting him. And he's going to be 27. Um, you know, he's coming off of a major injury. You have to wonder why he fell out of favor in Indianapolis after getting extended. Mm-hmm. Um, he took a pay cut last year. Brandon Bean said they, they he sees him as part of the future. Um, even with James Cook's uh, rise over the last year or so. Uh, you, you know, I don't it, that I I would assume that a, that maybe a pay cut is coming again, um, if he's going to be part of the team next year, but that's that's the curious one to me. Six rushes, negative three yards, a cool zero point five yards per carry for Naeem Hines in his nine games, nine Reggie, regular season games with the Bills. Reggie Bush territory. That's right, Reggie Bush and. Ended his career with a negative yardage season, but scored a touchdown, which was interesting. So, all right, Nick. So, there's a football game on uh, on Sunday. Who are the Bills playing? The, yeah, Chiefs 49ers. Um, well, what's your pick? What's your score? I want to hear. But you. Can you really can you pick against the Chiefs? No, I was just thinking about that. I, I'm gonna have to pick the Chiefs. I mean, they like, just they actually remind me of the like, the Bills as they got a more into the longer into their Super Bowl run. They just they weren't quite as talented. They weren't the same, but they were just they were just so good. They knew how to win. I mean, they just it's tough to bet against them. No, I mean we could get into you know their defense being so good this year and you know looking what they at what they did you know or to some really good quarterbacks obviously the bills it wasn't until the second half that uh the bills had some struggles um but they kind of made josh allen you know you know play the dink and dunk game and then obviously they shut down lamar jackson but really like at this point it's like Every time you you think that they're dead, they come out and win. It's mm-hmm. it's like the Patriots. Like how many times did people declare the dynasty over for the Patriots, and that Tom Brady was washed, and then they go and win a Super Bowl? I think mm-hmm. we're entering that territory with the Chiefs. Um, you know, who knows how many how many you know runs they have left? Andy Reid is is going to be the oldest coach in the NFL next year if he comes back. Um, I think he's he's sixty six right now. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is 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 getting getting older, and maybe he wants to be a a showbiz husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's to be honest with you, there's probably more money in him for that than than playing football with the the amount of money that Taylor Swift makes. I think that's our first Taylor Swift reference, Bill. And our last. Just kidding. You're Bill. You're a hater. <laughs> so um I think the 49ers have the better team. 
I thought the Bills had a better team, and I thought the Ravens had a better team. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, but I think it is going to be a really close game. I'm, I might be in the minority here. I'm pretty excited about this game. I think it's going to be an excellent game. Uh, yeah, people should be excited about this Super Bowl. I mean, it's. I mean, <laughs> 49ers are favored. I, th- I think the two best teams. So, I mean, are, are we going to get a score out of you? Oh. Well, last year was a higher scoring game. I'm picking before you this time, so you, so you don't accuse me of copying you. No, that's right. I'm gonna go twenty-five, twenty-two. Twenty-five, twenty-two. Okay, I was gonna go twenty-seven, twenty-four. So there you go. Well, and how many how many cutaways to Taylor Swift? Oh boy, I, I'm sure that's a prop bet, huh? Right? Was it? I I thought that they they couldn't do that because it All wasn't right. it wasn't an actual part of the game, and it could be rigged. I have no idea. Well, you got to make a uh, prediction. How bro. many cutaways? At least I would say ten. Ten. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, I'm sure your wife will will enjoy that. So, at what what? Uh, I don't know if you, how much you enjoyed. Uh, Tuesday's performance uh, at the Sabres game, you were there. Uh, security continues to let you slip in the back door, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, two to one, Bill. Two to one. Coming off of a nice layoff. Two to one. Are you ready to burn it all down? Oh, not quite, but I mean, I mean, just a frustrating, frustrating loss. They they pumped forty eight shots on Jake Ottinger. They they dominated the Stars at times. They were clearly the better team, and and yet they lose. And it, it kind of a lot of it kind of mirrors their season. Just frustration, and uh, I mean, we saw frustration on the ice like we haven't seen too. I mean, I wrote about. I mean, one point Casey Middlestat finds. Uh, um, Resin Smet Dalene in the left circle. And great scoring opportunity. Hits Eidinger's stick and uh, deflects into the netting above the glass. And Dalene catches it and spikes it out of frustration. Like, I, I don't, I can't remember ever seeing that. Just a guy like, like, not, not just like kind of like drops it, like spikes it. Like, I mean, it was, it was notable just because how frustrated he is. And then the middle step fed him again. Uh, in the second period in, in the slot and, you know, Ottinger stops him and Darlene like raised his stick, like, like to his head, like, and he looked like he wanted to snap into frustration. And this is while the play was going on. I mean, not that he took himself out of the, the play or anything, but I mean, it was, it was something to see. I mean, and then after the game, we talked to Rasmus Darlene and he was just like, I mean, it was short answers and it just, uh, you could just like feel the frustration. You could hear it. You could just see it in him. I mean, it was, it was maybe as frustrated as I've seen him. And I mean, Don Granado was frustrated. Um, some short answers, some just, I mean, just his tone. It was a little different than what, what he's been after some of these losses. So, I mean, here they are. They, they, they basically did everything they wanted to do and they, they still can't score. So, uh, you know, 10 points back February 7th, 50 games into the season. It's just, 
I don't think it's going to happen this year. I mean, it was their fourth attempt at winning their third straight game this year that they failed at. I mean, as we talk about literally every week, they have to go on a run. And when it's February 7th and they're 50 games into the season and they haven't won three in a row, I mean, it tells you, it tells me that that run's not coming. I mean, we saw what they were able to do last year. Um, we've seen some of the wins they've had, the collection of talent they have, but I mean, I just, I, I can't see them making the playoffs just the way they played through these first three months. And Darlene and, and Dylan Cousins both played really well yesterday. I'm sure that that adds to the frustration as well in a scenario like that. Um, you know, Matias Samuelson's out and they still found a way to play with seven defensemen. Um, here's the interesting question. How much of the frustration do you think could be, whether it's Don Granato, whether it's, whether it's the players, that they feel that they're being handicapped by Kevin Adams a little bit in this deal where he's not making a move, not bringing somebody up. He's pretty much saying, play with what you got. That's interesting. I I don't think so. I think I I would think if you're a player, you you want to be the guy. You want to figure it out yourself. I mean, uh, you don't want the change. I mean, I don't see uh, and there's no there's no savior in Rochester. Yuri Kulish Kulik is in a big slump. Isaac Rosane got out of a big slump on uh, Saturday in Laval. Uh, they just haven't been themselves for the last three, four weeks, month, whatever, month plus, if I guess, a week. Um, so there, there's no one down there that's really knocking on the door with their, you know, dominance in the AHL and and deserves a recall like that. So, and I, I, I don't think the Sabres are going to want to recall them in a situation like that just because of the pressure and the way they're playing. So there's nothing on the farm that I think is going to come and solve things. And I mean, a trade would probably have to come to a trade. And at some point it probably, maybe it's the off season. Maybe it's before the deadline here in a few weeks, it probably will come to that. But I don't, I think if you're, if you look at it from the player standpoint, I, I think you want to be the guy that figures it out. It's a tight group. They like playing for each other, even though they, I mean, they haven't played well this year and, you know, they, they've lost a lot of their tenacity at times, but I, I, I think uh, they want to figure it out themselves. But yeah, as an outsider, if you're an outsider looking in, you know, you wonder, well, this isn't working. Maybe a lot of it will still work, but there needs to be something done. And, I don't know. Uh, do you do you worry about messaging? Whether it's the fans, whether it's to the coaching staff, whether it's to the players, where you need to right this ship. You lose Jack Quinn, and right out of the gate, you come out, and there's Kalak Poso is your answer to play on the first line. Well, I mean, is I I I differ from most. Most of the people who want Kyle Ocposo's head, I think he's still valuable. He's a very valuable player still, in my opinion. But I don't think he's a first-line player. Well, ideally, you wouldn't have him playing in that spot. Right, um, right. 
but I mean, that, that's the position they're in because there's for whatever you know. There, like we talked about, there's there's not a move to be made at the moment. They're 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 at a stage with way things have gone that they're just moving things around and trying to figure things out and and find what can work, and that's meant moving Alex Tuck from his usual spot beside Tage Thompson. And, you know, he, he's, he's been on some other lines recently. Um, and yeah, I mean, ideally, I mean, Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, you th- I mean, at times they're going to be broken up, but you thought that was a line that uh, would pretty much be together uh, most of the year. And, and I think they've been broken up maybe a little more than we would have expected, but uh, I don't think anyone envisioned so many guys having down years. I mean, so many guys had career years, as we've talked about, and maybe they don't quite get to those levels again. I thought they a lot of them could, but the big thing has been that they're not even in the ballpark, as we've talked about. I mean, Tage Thompson, I figured it out today. I mean, he's like, he's on pace for... Uh, 27 goals and 52 points and he's missed 10 games but i mean last year we were talking about tage thompson's pursuit of 50 goals i mean now we're talking about tage thompson's pursuit of 50 points so a lot can change in a year and uh he had a he had a howitzer the other the other night though he did i mean i I, that was a doozy yeah and i mean that i mean that's i mean you can slice and dice the sabers troubles a lot of ways but uh their inability to to do to do that play to just have him fire from the one have him fire that one timer from the circle. I mean, it's hurt them a lot on the power play. I mean, I guess it was just his fourth power play goal when he had whatever twenty last year or or around there. So, I mean, right there. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, whatever, sixteen fewer. Well, I mean, that's a full season, but. I mean, if he if he ends up with whatever, say he ends up with nine power play goals, or I mean, 10, 10 goals right there. You sprinkle those throughout the season. I mean, how many wins would that add up to? So yeah, I mean, they have a lot of guys that are that are feeling it that haven't been up to their standards. I mean, and some I think some of it is injury related with Tage Thompson. I think it's injury related um, with Alex Tuck. I think he's been dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, well, for Tage, he's. He just had a baby. Right. That's for 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 those who don't know, Bill, that's a that's a that's a time consuming, energy sucking endeavor. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's taken a lot of his his time. Just um, wait, just uh, wait till she goes the child goes to daycare next year and then he catches every disease in the book. <laughs> Um, then he can call me and I'll tell him. Yes, you've been through a lot this year, haven't you, Nick? Yes. Um, Sabres, Sabres, <laughs> Sabres are soft compared to me, Bill. I haven't missed a podcast. Except for the one. Oh, we missed one, one week. Right. Yeah. One. But, uh, so I mean, so Tage Thompson uh, has has battled through things. And, and if you know Tage Thompson, he's, I mean, and Alex talked, I mean, they're not guys that are going to, complain or or allude that they're dealing with stuff they're not going to make anything that could be construed as an excuse so i mean they've just kind of plowed through things um 
But I mean, we have certainly seen glimpses from guys. And one one guy who's heating up, like you mentioned, is Dylan Cousins. He had he had eight shots against the Stars, um, thirteen attempts. Um, it hasn't quite translated to offense yet. But I mean, he's really been maybe their 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 best forward at times recently, and I mean, he's been a beast. And you can see him kind of emerging from this, I don't know if you want to call it a rut, but just this kind of uh, th- this uh, this slump, this prolonged slump he's been in for a while. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he's a guy, and I know he didn't score 30 goals as a rookie or even a second year, but he's a guy that uh, had never really been through anything like that. He's dealing with um, just different expectations, a huge contract. And he's a guy that wants it and wants it bad. And he's, uh, I think he's just figuring this all out. And I think he's starting to come out on the better side of it where he, he, he has a better temperament. He, he, he understands how teams are going to deal with them. And he's been able to, uh, he's been able to play some very good hockey recently. And he, I think he's getting toward uh, last year's level. So Matias Samuelson, He's he's been ruled out for the season. Mm-hmm. Is that do you think that's a white flag move? Um, no. If they were in contention, would he still be out? Because what was he not? Was he not day to day or week to week before the All Star break? What what changed there? I'm not I'm not sure what exactly changed in that in those couple of games after he got injured in Anaheim. But um, I mean he's he's been I don't think it's a white flag move. Um he plays through a lot. I mean just the way he plays um, Well, even if it's not so, his decision, maybe the team's decision to shut him down. Yeah, I I I I, I he's so even he's having certainly a down year. Um but I I think if there was any way that he could gut it out, I think they would um they would have had him because I mean, I, there's so much pressure on them. They, I mean, they still want to make the playoffs. Um, obviously, uh, I don't think that would be the move. But I mean, he's he hasn't been. I mean, he plays through a lot. And injuries probably have something to do with it, but he hasn't been up to his standard. He's another guy that it's it's his first year with this contract, and there's much bigger expectations on himself and the team and. Uh, he was learning to deal with them and he just, he didn't look like the same player. Just a lot of, a lot of gaffes, a lot of unforced errors. Um, But I mean, they will miss him for sure. I mean, he's usually a top pair defenseman. I mean, he, uh, I'll never forget when asking Don Granato about him when they signed with that big contract and Don Granato said, he's the antidote. He's, you know, the opposition has their best, He's the antidote to shut them down. So, I mean, I think it was just a move uh, that they didn't want to make, but here they are. They did it. Um, and uh, they're going to – I still think they'll miss him. Well, maybe they can acquire Donald Laudette at the trade deadline. Like 2001? Yeah. And Steve or, or I think more likely the, the, the scenario will be Bob Corkum. Um, that's that's a famous deadline move. It is. They had to bring him back. Very true. Full circle moment. Mm-hmm. All Bob right. Corkum. Our first Bob Corkum reference, I think. The first of many, Bill. Uh so Bill, 
What are you doing for the Super Bowl? I actually have to do an interview during the Super Bowl. With who? Uh, what, what savage wants to do an interview during the Super Bowl? It'll come out later who it is, but uh, a former NHL player. Is it is it David Beckham? Have you seen the David Beckham, Victoria Beckham commercial? No. I, I they call it the Hockey Bowl? No. Jessica Aniston? Sounds really funny. It's, it is. <laughs> the first time you see it. Um, so you're not going to watch the Super Bowl then? Well, I'll try to watch it, but I mean, at a certain point I have to excuse myself and do some work. Are you are you going to a party? Are you just, or are you having a party? Are you going to shut yourself away from your guests? I don't. We're not. I don't think we're having a party. I don't know of us going to one. So, um, yeah. Buddy, just, Buddy uh, hasn't told you what you're doing yet. No, I'm no, sure I, she will. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't even know if we have uh, uh, Paramount anymore. I don't know how I'm going to watch it. So, I don't can you can you steal from 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 your neighbors? Can you get a a splitter? No, no. Maybe I'll get an antenna. There you go. I'm sure oh. you'll I'm sure you'll figure out a way to do it as cheaply as possible. That's usually how I operate. That's true. You're you're a, a quick witted quick witted man, Bill. <laughs> All right, so 27-24 is my prediction. You're 25-22. Um, and for the record, Nick picked first this week, but I think it will be a very close game. And Honestly, if it was higher scoring, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the NFL as well as you, but that's my thought on the game. So, all right, Nick, it's been fun. If you want to email us, email us at uh, buffalopressbox at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. And... Uh, Join us next week when we'll discuss more of the Bills offseason and more of the Sabres homestand and if they can inch toward really joining the playoff race. Nick, it's been fun. We'll see you next week.